0: You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network.
1: And welcome back for a second hour of Real Presence Live. Nick Medelsky from the land of the fertile soil in the land of the many lakes, Wasika, Minnesota, Pleasure to be on with you this morning, and uh, we have a really cool, really unique uh, conversion story that we're going to talk about here with Christine and Bruce. Um, thanks. Uh, Chris- <laughs> Sorry. Thank you, Christine and Bruce, uh, for joining us this morning. Uh, could you each tell us a little bit about yourselves? Maybe we'll start with Christine. I um... Hello,
2: Nick. I am... Um... I'm a cradle Catholic originally from North Dakota, um, Langdon's Mount Carmel area up by the Canadian border, uh, grew up on a dairy farm there, and uh, went to North Dakota State University to get a degree in broadcast journalism, radio no less, um, met met my future spouse there, and um, became a military wife, and have lived all over the world since then, 36 years.
1: Wow. Wow. Um, and Bruce?
3: And good morning, Nick, from uh, Reuschbach, Germany, where I am currently stationed. I am a government civilian right now. I was born in Minot. My mom and dad are from uh, Bismarck and Moorhead, respectively, Um, But I am the son of an Air Force officer, so I lived all over the United States as I was growing up. And I actually graduated from high school here in West Germany at an American high school, Uh, Mm. came back to college at North Dakota State where I met Christine, and we started on our journey of our military career, which has spanned um, in uniform about 32 years and out of uniform for the past three.
1: Wow. Well, uh thank you for your service to our country. Um, I just, I have a friend of ours. Uh, they just came back from Germany. Her husband was, uh, in uh, Naval intelligence over there in Germany. So, um, very, uh, very interesting. Uh, the places people get sent when they're in the military, but, uh, I'm going to guess that's going to come back as to uh, part of the conversion story, but we'll go back to Christine for a second here. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about you? You mentioned a little bit about your upbringing, um, and also I have a question here: what uh, what you wanted to find in a husband? Ooh, <laughs> um,
2: a gentleman, <laughs> um, a, a, and a Catholic. He had to be a Catholic. That was that was the the number one prerequisite. I uh, I didn't. I was raised in a very strong faith household, and that just wasn't something you did. You didn't. You didn't consider marrying somebody outside the Catholic Church. At least mm. that was my understanding. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that <laughs> that that's a loaded uh, prerequisite right there.
1: <laughs> um, there you go.
2: And so I-, I got involved at the Newman Center. Hmm. Um, because that was that was where to find Catholic young men.
1: <laughs> there you go. I remember in uh, being on a retreat in college, and uh, someone asked the the priest. Uh, it was a, a young lady asked the priest, "Well, are, are we allowed to to marry non Catholics?" And the priest said, "Well, you know, it's it's not ideal, but the church allows it." And I told the priest, "Don't tell them that. <laughs> we have a captive audience. Don't tell them they can go outside." So. Um, but, uh, yeah, you're right, To you know, uh, that that is important. Uh, and that was something important for me, too, uh, when I was uh, considering marriage, was to find a good Catholic spouse. And, and like you, I got involved. I went to a, a Catholic college but got very involved in campus ministry just because that was, again, a great way to meet Catholics. Um, so I can understand that completely. Um, now, Bruce, uh, when you were a teenager, you had kind of an unusual opportunity uh, can you tell us about that? I mean, uh, more unusual than just you know going to high school in Germany. Uh, so, <laughs> could you share with us uh, kind of that experience?
3: I'm I'm not sure what you're talking about in terms of a teenager, but what I can tell you is that is that I've always had a good strong Christian faith. I was raised in a as a as a Missouri Synod Lutheran growing up, and and my father was the influence on me to become a Catholic. He, When he married my mom, he was a Methodist and she was a Lutheran, and he became a Lutheran to raise us children in a single-faith household. And And to me, that was one of the most important lessons I took from my dad, Hmm. was that if it wasn't too much of a stretch to be able to become the same faith as my bride, so that we could raise our children in a single-faith household.
1: Understood. Understood. I think I have somewhere here in the notes that you were able to meet uh, John Paul II.
3: Oh, okay, that story. Yes, we were <laughs> yes. actually here in Germany, and 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 um, and again, raised Lutheran, going to the chapel on base to our Lutheran services, but the 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 basis Catholic community had a journey to Rome. And, and we thought it would be an incredible opportunity, and so my mom, my dad, my sister, and I went on this journey with all these Catholics to Rome. Um, mm. and, and I remember going to the audience outside, um, and, and Pope John Paul II comes out in his Popemobile. But mm. as he does, it was a cloudy day, and the clouds went away and the sun came out. And so, of course, mm. the, the, the sun and his white garments... Just absolutely radiated throughout the entire uh, audience, and then and then of course he drove through, and there was something captivating about him, and 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 so listening to his words and just being part of that that interesting community was great. Well, I decided to stick around afterwards. My mom and dad and sister left, and and I stuck around, and I'm watching this guy come down, and you know I don't know who the Pope is, I don't know anything about right, him, right, right, and. And I see him walking, you know, kind of greeting people, and he's walking. He's walking black towards a a nice Mercedes black 450 SEL, so a little two-seat coupe. And, you know, the young 17-year-old boy in me goes, oh, what a cool job. You'd get to drive a car like that. I I could do that job. (laughs) Right. But here's, here's here's the other thing, is that as he was getting into that car and being driven away, the clouds came back. And so huh. I certainly knew that there was something about this man that was pretty incredible.
1: Yeah, absolutely, a very very unique experience and a very unique pope, uh, really. So uh, that was awesome. So yes. uh, did did uh, your family want to go to Rome for the uh, for the art uh, and the architecture and kind of the just because it was interesting or?
3: We were going to Rome just because we were in Europe. Um, it was you know it was one of those places that we wanted to go. My, my, uh, uh, just recently before that, we had gone to Florence in Italy to oh. be able to go do some shopping and go see some of the museums and historical artifacts. And, and, and my dad explained it this way. He said, you know, when we lived on the East Coast in Washington, D.C., we got to see things that were 200 years old, and that was pretty neat. But now that we're in Europe, we're seeing things that are thousand fifteen hundred 1,500 1, years old and and so we get to see more of that richness and more of that history. And so it was more just to kind of broaden our horizons and to be able to to, to see a greater part of the world, um, and 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 really uh, open our eyes to the other things that are in this world besides what's in the good old USA.
1: Awesome. Um, uh, just as a as a side note, uh, where else uh, growing up? Uh, did did you wind up as a family you said germany and the east coast uh where else were you guys
3: okay so so born in north dakota uh lived in florida south carolina north dakota in bismarck while my dad was in vietnam for a year we lived Mm -hmm. in norfolk virginia then all the way to san Bernardino, california on the other side of the nation then to dayton ohio then to dc um, and then from there to germany
1: holy cow (laughs) <laughs> just about everywhere in the u.s and then uh get to add europe on top of that that that's really uh, correct
3: yes yeah and that was just as a kid before i came to north dakota state
1: right yeah yeah so really uh a unique unique uh upbringing um how how did that how did that work uh you know as a kid was that was that fun was it was it hard uh
3: I, it was both uh exciting and terrible because you it was great because I got to see different things and experience different environments and and meet new friends it was terrible because I had to say goodbye to friends as I moved on and that's one of the best one of the worst parts about being a brat that's what we call ourselves is children of military we call ourselves military brats and and as a brat it is it is difficult because You have to, you have to let go of these friendships that you've made. Um, um, and, and I'll tell you what, you know, the, the discussion you previously had with the previous couple about, um, social media, um, social media actually is good for us brats because we can reconnect. And so I am in contact with many of my high school graduate friends. Even though our high school is no more, we're able to still continue and see, each other, see how each other continues to grow, um, and and our families as we continue to grow our families. And so, those that what I say would be that the, the challenge is being a brat was having to give up those friendships every time you had to move.
1: Well, if you're just joining us now, uh, Nick Medelsky on with Christine and Bruce. We're talking about their uh, kind of unique uh, faith journey. Uh, And we'll be talking more about that after the break here on Real Presence
0: Live. Stick with us. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.
3: Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest, commitment, gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan-giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at
0: 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Searching for more great Catholic content? Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And
1: thanks for staying with us here on Real Presence Live. Uh, An interesting story, having a chat with Christine and Bruce uh, Bartholomew about kind of their... uh, their upbringing and their faith journey throughout their lives. Uh, we talked in the first part with Bruce about his upbringing as a as a Lutheran brat, and that's not uh, being disrespectful. Um, brat means someone who uh, grew up in a military family, um, and we talked with Christine about growing up as a Catholic in uh, North Dakota, just about uh, just uh, just south of the border with Canada. There, so. Um, and uh, now we get to talk about how the two of you met. You know, we talked about both of your, uh, your backgrounds, your upbringings, and uh, now how did the two of you meet?
2: So um, I went to North Dakota State University because that's where my older siblings were all going, um, and it just was kind of what our family did, most of us, um, as being agriculture-based. Uh, I went to North Dakota state um majored in history, thought I might become a lawyer, but um kind of got disillusioned with that pretty early on mm. um, decided I was too honest to be a lawyer <laughs> <laughs> and um switched to um eventually switched to journalism. Math mm. communications, I started working for the school newspaper and the school radio station. Awesome. Um, as, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the radio part of it. Um, was a news reporter for the radio and was cool. first a uh, reporter for the school paper and then was the, um, copy editor. Well, unbeknownst to me, um, uh, a friend of several mutual friends um was also working for the newspaper he was the managing editor when i met him and that was bruce um wow. and he was he was also in journalism his focus was a little more on the television side i didn't really care for the television side because um <laughs> you know, cameras and things like that and a lot of heavy equipment. Um, But but we met. um, He was sort of my supervisor, not really my boss, but definitely my supervisor. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, he invited me out on a date.
1: Uh, And
2: at at the beginning of the school year, it was his super senior year, and it was my junior year. And um, it was a working date. He wanted me to go and help him um, shoot footage for commercial production oh, for the right. cable company. And I um, we, did, we didn't really connect. I'd been out with the Newman Center for their beginning of the year bonfire and all of that fun stuff. And, and um, so we kind of kept missing each other and then he mm. shows up at four fifteen in the afternoon on a saturday and and says basically there you are and i'm like well there you are i couldn't reach you at the <laughs> telephone numbers that were left and and he said well here's the thing i wanted to invite you on a date but i gotta be there in 15 minutes and i'm like okay no problem ready to go <laughs> <laughs> he said, I've never been ready that fast again.
1: Um, Absolutely.
2: <laughs> but um we went on this this working date and then he took me out to dinner afterwards and I was so disappointed when I learned that he wasn't a Catholic. He was a mm. Lutheran and it was like and I told him I said, Well, you'll have to become a Catholic I, it it just has to be that way. And, um, <laughs> I don't know, you know, I look back on it and I go, you know, that's, that's pretty much it. That could very well be a, a relationship destroyer right there, right. but, um, <laughs> but it was just so important to me. Oh yeah. And, um, Anyway, he came, our next date, he came over to my apartment and he baked me from scratch chocolate chip cookies in my kitchen. Wow.
1: Wow. And I
2: was deeply impressed with this guy <laughs> who knew his way around the kitchen well enough to bake me chocolate chip cookies from scratch. But he proceeded to tell me the story about his encounter with John Paul II. Hmm. And then he told me that he had gone ahead and enrolled in a Catholic theology course. Wow. This was at the time that Cardinal was seminary was still open, and they were offering classes and stuff like that. Uh, So he enrolled in a class to find out more about Catholic theology. And I was like, yes! (laughs) (laughs) i was like well he's he's definitely headed down the right road um and um and we yeah it didn't take long after that he proposed to me just um five weeks later
1: wow wow
2: and then father dale kinsler was our marriage preparation um advisor and he um
1: and he did, Bruce's RCIa. Wow, wow! So, a, lo- a whole lot of pro tips in there uh, for for guys, uh, you know, uh, dating out there. You know, to make the make the cookies from scratch and roll in the theology courses. You know, and uh, <laughs> the the way to a woman's heart, right? Um, so, uh, we kind of touched on it in in several different ways, Bruce. Uh, but kind of what was the what was that final push uh, into the Catholic Church for you?
3: Oh, oh, again, for me, it was, as I told you, um, raising our, our family in a single-faith household. That, that to me, um, was absolutely um, essential, um, I, not only for for raising our children, but also for us to have a common ground in our faith and to be able to be able to talk about things. I mean, Sundays in my household growing up were very important. and They were an opportunity for us to go to church and socialize um, and... And I remember numerous times driving home from church, having great discussions about the pastor's sermon, and 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 that sort of that ability to have have those deep, um, uh, provocative discussions to to deepen our faith. It, it, was, it was important, and it still is important to me today. Um, and so, so being able to have someone that I can talk with about my faith. Um, in this relationship uh, of marriage, uh, is ab- was absolutely essential to uh, to me, um, and 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 I'm glad that I found Christine, or maybe I should say I'm glad God led me to Christine, mm. because our relationship has really been rooted in our faith. It has always been rooted in our faith, mm-hmm. and 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 just about everything we do we look back on it and go yep god was there his hand was absolutely involved in this in this decision and or in this in this uh, action that we took and and i don't think i would have that had had we gone and diverged from that path
1: hmm. and so maybe let's explore that a little deeper so how has uh both of your faith uh grown through the years uh through your marriage you know that's always something i love to hear is how you know, um, just how people grow uh, through marriage, and especially how their their faith grows uh, through those years of marriage. So maybe uh, Christine, you can start us off and and kind of tell our listeners a little bit about that. How how your faith uh, has grown because of each other, you know, and because of your marriage.
2: Well, I I do have to say, like Bruce mentioned earlier, being a military brat and losing friendships and. You know, moving around all the time. Um, yeah, we've had about 30 different addresses in 36 <laughs> years of marriage. So it's, um, it's, it's absolutely critical that we have had something to lean on during the, those times. Um, we had some, but we had a very difficult life, our first. Few years of marriage, um, I had a tumor and an ovaryectomy when our firstborn oh, wow. was just a few months old, and um, couldn't get life insurance and couldn't get health insurance, and wow. felt like I wasn't. Was told I'd never have any more children, and and we so we went through quite a long period of infertility, and then we lost the baby, and. Um, and i had clinical depression and just wow. a combination of things and but we had each other and we just kept clinging to each other wherever we happened to be living in the world um and and we did we hopped around a lot we went from from our wedding to texas we went to then we went to back to um, North Dakota and Minnesota and then to Southern California and then to England and then to um, Alabama and, and so on and so forth. I mean, we just kept hopping around and first um, was my best friend. He was my confidant. He was my soulmate. He was, he was the only person I had with any consistency and this, this is not to say that things weren't, were always just peaches and cream between us. I mean, there was a point where I looked at my husband and I went, who are you? <laughs> what on earth did I do? Yeah, um, yeah. But, but, um, it was, you know, a lot of prayer and going, okay, this is where God put me. I don't know why, but... Mm. Um, I'm just going to have to move forward and choose to be happy with it because I don't want to live miserable. And um, we we just kept moving forward, just kept on praying and just kept gradually growing together with each other. Um, and, and now I look back and I think, well, without the grace of God, we... There's no way we could have survived
3: all that we did.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, Bruce, anything you want to add to that?
3: I want to just say that it was all about sharing our faith with other people. I mean, uh, that uh, my faith and my spouse has been a constant in my life, and so we were able to share through things like Engaged Encounter or Marriage Encounter or through the Knights of Columbus and Their Ladies. We were able to share our faith and, and also have a social aspect of it. And for me those things were absolutely essential.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well thank you both of you both of you for joining us this morning and, and sharing, you know, that, that faith journey with us. It's such a you know, such a profound thing and it's I I always love hearing those uh stories. Those stories of a lifetime of faith and, and especially like I said, you know, a lifetime together, a lifetime of um you know, prayer and support for each other and really growing more deeply in the faith. Um, so thank you again, uh, Christine and Bruce for joining us this morning.
2: You're welcome. Thank you, Nick.
1: And, uh, stay with us. Thank you for joining us listeners, uh, today on Real Presence Live. We still have one more segment, uh, coming up. Dr. Susan Winley-Doust, uh, from the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, is going to tell us about an exciting, holy spirit filled event coming up here in the diocese in november so stay tuned
0: this is real presence live where the focus is not on the evil around us but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good we're local engaging and live on the real presence radio network